2: It's almost always about the weather. Kobe Bryant and eight other people dying in a helicopter crash yesterday was a big enough story to knock the impeachment of the president off the front page. Bryant was a huge figure in L.A., and it is a major story. And it's a tragic story, obviously. And it got me to thinking about something Neil Spence said to me a long time ago. I don't know if you remember Neil Spence. Uh, he was a traffic reporter, uh, mostly on this very same frequency when it was known as WTAE radio uh, many years ago. He did traffic, and he did it from a single engine uh, plane flying around Pittsburgh. And I took uh, flying lessons from him. And I, I actually soloed once, and it uh, I, I, I learned how to fly a plane to the point where I could take off and land, and I stopped. Uh, after lo- shortly after I did my one solo, because I just felt that I wasn't, I just didn't have the aptitude for it. And I, I'm kind of absent minded. And when I thought of all the things that could go wrong uh, and uh, death was a possibility, I stopped. So, but I did learn how to fly a plane. Uh, Neil didn't like it when people talked about how unsafe they thought small planes were and, you know, trying to push back against the fear that a lot of people had and probably still have of flying in a, in a private plane, as I guess it's known, a small plane or a helicopter. And so he, I, 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 he said to me the first time we were up there, he said, uh, I could shut this engine off right now and this plane would not fall out of the sky. You can glide. It's, it's not going to fall out of the sky. Something has to make it fall out of the sky. And then later on, he told me, he said, listen, when you see or hear about or read about a plane crash, if you're reading about a plane crash, this was long before the Internet, of course. But he said, when you're reading about a plane crash, he said, see how many sentences or paragraphs you have to go down the story before you see a reference to weather, a weather word, snow, ice, rain, wind, fog. Uh, and see how many times that weather is the cause of a crash. So, when I saw what happened with uh, Kobe Bryant's helicopter yesterday, I did what I always do and I, I waited. And um, it didn't come out right away, but it wasn't in a newspaper where I read it. But I read it somewhere online, and a couple of sentences in, I saw the word fog. And the plane, I'm sorry, the helicopter did. Uh, crash in the fog and it it, so it's amazing how often that happens and it's usually a case uh of something that should not have happened and it didn't have to happen if they had made the decision not to fly the plane so uh according to the stories now uh that i've seen the helicopter was approved to fly through the dense fog even though the conditions were bad but uh it was And it was given a special flight clearance to fly through the fog. I'm reading this from a story on Fox.com from Orange County uh, toward the Los Angeles area, which meant they could enter Burbank airspace. The New York Times reported on Monday, citing audio records. Uh, but Federal Aviation Administration official told the Times that the special clearance would have allowed the pilot to fly around Burbank and Van Nuys, but not from uh, from there into Calabasas, which is where the accident, uh, where they re- just flew into a mountain. Um, a pilot is responsible, this is a quote, a pilot is responsible for, deter- for determining whether it is safe to fly in current and expected conditions, and a pilot is also responsible for determining flight visibility, according to the FAA. Uh, and they added that it would have been up to the pilot to determine that the weather was good enough to fly. Los Angeles Police Sergeant Yvette Yvette, tuning. Uh, She's the uh, LAPD's Air Support Division watch commander. When the crash occurred, she told uh, the Times that the police helicopters don't tend to fly under those conditions. She said while the weather has been good, most of the winter, she knew that police helicopters were not going to operate in the fog that overtook the Los Angeles Basin. And uh, it says here that the weather conditions did not meet our minimum standards for flying, according to Josh Rubenstein, a spokesman for the Los Angeles Police Department. That's what he told the L.A. Times. He pointed out that the department's air support division did not fly helicopters early on in that day due to the conditions. And around the time of the crash, L.A. Times Richard Winton reported that the mountains were, quote, unquote, fogged in. So the pilot made the choice to fly. And here's another story that Neil Spence told me that I always think about when it happens to a celebrity or a a VIP, a politician, whatever. He said a pilot has to be very strong when he is working for someone who is very important or considers themselves very important because he's going to have to be strong enough to say no. If a politician says, I have to be there because I have a rally and there are going to be 20,000 people waiting for me in an arena, he still has to say, nope, I'm not flying in this. And too often they don't say no. So it's a shame, uh, terrible shame that... uh, uh, Kobe Bryant is dead along with his daughter and seven other people. And you wonder uh, if it, you know how easily it could have been avoided by just saying no and waiting. But uh, it happens a lot. It's too bad. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to jump from this into impeachment and the, what the Republicans are up against right now and uh, John Bolton's name being thrown around a lot. We'll do that when we come back. blow into town with the wind, rain and hail. And out of town storm chasers going door to door often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, WindowsRUs is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding gutters and downspouts doors and of course windows if damage isn't your issue and you just want something new you'll love their no pressure approach no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty visit windows pittsburgh.com mention stag for an additional 10 percent off windows r us proud sponsor of the jerk of the week heard every friday on the john Sagerwald show windows us pittsburgh.com
1: don't miss out on the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares Sweepstakes. We're giving away $50,000 every score change, touchdowns, field goals, even extra points, 50 Gs. Plus, two grand prize winners will win a half million dollars that could be used toward their dream home. Hurry up and get your square at RocketMortgageSquares.com. Enter by January 30th, 2020. No purchase necessary. 18 years or older except Alabama, Nebraska, and Mississippi. Ends January 30th. Licensed all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. The NFL is not sponsored promotion in any way. Hey. Enjoy. 96 elephants are killed every day in Africa for their ivory. That's 35,000 a year. With your support, more poachers can be caught. With your voice, we can inspire more countries to ban ivory sales and reduce demand. Go to 96elephants.org and join more than a million people dedicated to saving Africa's elephants. Protect their home. Take action at 96elephants.org.
3: I'm Andy Solomon. T-Mobile has launched the country's first and only nationwide 5G network, covering more than 5,000 cities and towns all across the country. Here's Senior Vice President of Network Engineering and Development, Mark McDermott. This launch immediately catapults T-Mobile into position as the country's biggest 5G network, covering more than 1 million square miles beyond the big cities to the small towns. And that's just the start. And now available are two new 5G superphones that can access nationwide 5G the exclusive OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren and the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G. And we'll be able to supercharge the 5G network with more speed and capacity if the pending merger with Sprint closes. This holiday season, get a great deal on a 5G phone at T Mobile. For more information, visit tmobile.com.
0: This is the John Stocker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: John Bolton's name was in the news today, um, not because of anything he said or wrote today, but because of what he may have written. Uh, it's all about what the New York Times says is in the transcript of his book that is coming out in March, I believe. According to the Times, Bolton writes in this book that President Trump told him that he was withholding aid to the Ukraine unless, uh, uh, unless and until the Ukrainian government provided information related to the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. So now what? Well, John Malcolm is vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. John, thanks for being here again. Great to be with you. So, is this uh, Bolton story another bombshell that's going to turn out to be a dud, or is this a big problem for President Trump? Well, it's hard to tell. Certainly, in terms of the timing, it couldn't have been at worse timing
4: for the president. So, his team is now presenting his side of the case. Uh, they're they're going right now, and they may wrap up today. But presumably, they'll also. Go tomorrow, and then the Senators will have up to two days, sixteen hours uh, to ask questions of both sides. I certainly think that it has increased the odds that John Bolton will be called as a witness. so four Republican senators would have to cross over, assuming all of the uh, the Democrats and independents stuck together uh, to insist that bolton. Uh, testify. I don't know what he would say. Nobody knows what he would say. Even the New York Times uh, isn't quoting from the book. They are are paraphrasing, uh, assuming that it's accurate. I kind of suspect it might be because John Bolton's attorney has denied that he was the source of a leak, but they have not denied the substance of of the story but you know john bolton is an independent guy and my guess is that he would say some things that might hurt the president and some things that might help the president the reason why i still think it's unlikely that he will be called uh... in addition to the fact that i think the president's team is doing a very good job of defending him but i also think that if he gets called, the odds are pretty high that the Republicans would also issue a subpoena to Hunter Biden. Uh, and my guess is that the Democrats want to avoid that like the plague.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, Pam Bondi was on a little while ago. She was up there for a while uh, and she spent her whole time just destroying Hunter Biden. Um, so um, is that making the Democrats nervous? Uh, because she did, I don't know if you saw, but she did a pretty good job of. Uh, she was showing sound bites from different stories that were done on him, and boy, he didn't come across as looking too good, and he he, he looked like he would have a tough time answering tough questions in front of the Senate, based yeah, on just no, what I, I did, saw.
4: Yeah, no, I did see her, and and she did uh, she did a very good job. There's another lawyer up there right now who is not only part of the president's team but who also kind of eric hirschman uh, who is also involved i think in running a natural gas company and he's also doing a pretty good job i mean there's not much that hunter biden could say he's already said i have you know i have no great experience in the energy field if my name wasn't biden i wouldn't be on the board you can't deny all of the money that was being paid to him and you know Facts are a naughty thing. I mean, you, you can just sort of go through a timeline, uh, and it is certainly suggested that they were dropping Hunter Biden's name at very very key points when uh, when authorities were getting on the tail of Mikolas Lachevsky, the founder and president of Burisma, and there is no question that Joe Biden, uh, you know, threatened to withhold a billion dollars mm-hmm. in aid to the Ukrainians unless the prosecutor was. Was fired. Now they can say, oh, this was a corrupt prosecutor, and actually, Vice President Biden was working against the interests of his son because by firing the prosecutor, they would have increased the odds that Burisma got uh, investigated. But they have no hard evidence to support that other than some career officials who say, look, Ukraine was a corrupt place and the prosecutor was corrupt. Everybody was corrupt. Um, and just the timeline looks really really bad for Hunter Biden and by extension Joe Biden.
2: Yeah, and uh is this all uh meant to make the Democrats squirm in their seats a little bit as they're watching this be- uh, thinking, "Boy, we don't want this guy up there. How much how much value does uh Bolton have to us if we got if it's going to be this guy following him or up there sometime either sooner or before or after?" Um, uh, Bolton was forced to testify.
5: Well, I mean, I think they're,
4: they're going to say, oh, this is all a sideshow. It's designed to draw attention mm-hmm. away from the president's wrongdoing, uh, you know, a case of misdirection. But, you know, the president's lawyers, this is a perfectly legitimate thing to raise, which is the president is saying, you know, look, I'm concerned about corruption in your country. I'm concerned that we're about to give you $391 million dollars an aid. I don't want that money going into the hands of, of oligarchs. You've elected somebody who says that he's going to be, be tough on corruption, but I don't really know that. People have different views on that. And by the way, he also uh, certainly has a right, if not a duty, uh, to investigate corruption by high-ranking officials in the previous administration so the biden's may end up being as as pure as newly fallen snow but the president certainly could say look just based on this clear timeline and these facts This was a matter that was worthy of investigation, and it was perfectly legitimate for me to solicit cooperation from the government that would have the most information about this, and that in this case is Ukraine. So he's saying, look, the president was not acting out of some nefarious motive. He wasn't making a baseless uh, allegation based on some debunked theory uh, that there were legitimate facts that would lead a reasonable person to conduct such an inquiry, and that's what he was doing.
2: And if, if Joe Biden were not running for president, and if this were uh, Donald Trump's second term, and he, he was not running for president, would, there, would anybody even be questioning it? No.
4: They might say that it was you know, that it was dirty tricks only in the sense that he was trying to damage the other political party. Uh, but no, the whole hook here is that he was doing this because Joe Biden was going to be one of, if not his main political rival, but there's no question if this was somebody else, some other politician high ranking official in the, in the Obama administration or for that matter, for former president Obama himself uh, you know nobody could say that at
2: all now and the thing to me is that even if uh, it, as the, as it is with uh, Trump wanting to be reelected and Biden wanting to be elected uh, if you are running for reelection and you think that the this, com- this country that wants $390 million, not only uh, your question whether you want to give them money, but you also are wondering if they have information about what happened to you when you ran against these people uh, the first time in 2016. Why wouldn't you want to prevent whatever you think might have happened in 2016 from happening again? It's a, it's a natural thing to do. And what, what would be corrupt about it?
4: No, nothing necessarily. So obviously, President Obama uh, gave warnings to the Russians in 2016, saying, "You know, we suspect you're interfering with in our election. Don't do it." They did it anyway. President Trump, I'm sure, has sent similar uh, warnings. So, you know, they haven't presented the case yet about Ukrainian interference. Uh, in the election, I don't think that anybody is questioning at this point whether the Russians attempted to interfere, and nobody is suggesting that the Ukrainians did as much or were as effective as the Russians. You know, on the other hand, um, there was no question that the U.S. And the the Ukrainian ambassador to the United States was publishing op-eds. Blasting then candidate Trump. Other uh, current and former officials in Ukraine were tweeting out messages, sending messages, literally calling then candidate uh, Trump a clown. And a Ukrainian court has found that uh, a Ukrainian legislator and the head of the Anti Corruption uh, uh, Bureau uh, had leaked information to the United States about payments, black book payments to Paul Manafort, off book payments that were deliberately designed to damage Donald Trump uh, and help Hillary Clinton that isn't the president saying that that's a Ukrainian court said that uh, and I think the president's lawyers are going to get into get into all that too
2: yeah and it's interesting um, you know this is not something that that Andrew Johnson would have had at his disposal uh, you know running sound bites of of what the Democrats were saying. Uh, it kind of changes it, doesn't it, when, when, when you see someone up there speaking and all of a sudden uh, a videotape pops up supporting what he's trying to say.
4: Yeah, no, I think that is certainly true, is that these are all experienced trial lawyers, including, by the way, the House managers. Uh, and given the fact that they have to stand up there uh, and talk for hours on end, uh, interspersing this with trial exhibits in the sense of, you know, emails and, and video vignettes, I think is making these a little bit interesting, which is important because the senators aren't allowed to have any coffee. <laughs> They're not. No, they're, they're milk or water.
2: That's all they're, that's all they're permitted. Okay, well, then, uh, chocolate milk? It has a little bit of caffeine in <laughs> uh, it. I don't have, know about that. They have, they have a have a hearing about that, whether they should be allowed to have chocolate milk. I don't think it would look any more ridiculous in a lot of this stuff. Uh, we're talking to John Malcolm. He's vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government at the Heritage Foundation, talking about uh, the impeachment uh, trial, which is uh, going on as we speak. Um, do you uh, you said you don't you don't think that you still don't uh, think that uh, Bolton will be called in to testify? Do you think that the Republicans are going to just wrap this up and say no, no more witnesses? We're done. He's exonerated. Leave us alone. Let's let's concentrate on what may be a pandemic that could kill us all coming out of China.
4: Well, that's what they're going to be discussing at the end of the week. So let's assume the president's lawyers do not wrap up today and they go they go tomorrow. So that's Tuesday. And then you're going to have Wednesday and Thursday for the senators to ask questions. Let's assume that goes both days. Well, then you have Friday and Saturday uh, where the senators will bandy about whether to call more witnesses or whether to... End this thing, or or to convict him. But of course, they're not going to convict him without uh, witnesses. I don't even think they will convict him with witnesses. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think it's it is definitely. Possible, It's not likely uh, that this will wrap up at the end of the week. I'm sure the president would like to wrap it up before he delivers the State of the Union speech next Tuesday. But, of course, if they decide to vote for witnesses, then this will drag on for a while, and depending on how many witnesses they, they choose to authorize. Uh,
2: and would you be surprised if uh, the Democrats and uh, their friends in the media um, ignore almost everything that's said today and say that none of it matters now that we've heard this stuff about uh john bolton and until we hear from him all this other stuff is just noise
4: yeah, they're going to say, you know, <laughs> that everybody, everybody should know what's going on here, and it's exactly what it is that we said, and there are people like John Bolton uh, who are now saying this, according to the New York Times, and we suspect that Mike Pompeo and Mick Mulvaney and others uh, are saying all of this. And basically, they'll repeat the charge that Jerry Nadler said, which is to say the president is engaging in a conspiracy to, you know, to cover this all up, and if you don't vote for witnesses you're essentially serving as co-conspirators with the president and i think then they could use that as a political message to say that this is a corrupt bargain uh to begin with and you should not reelect the president you shouldn't reelect these republican senators either but you know we'll have to see how that all plays out and what their messaging is
2: i got about a minute left uh john and i just uh, i'm just wondering do do you um do you think that the the senators on both sides, or the or both parties, everybody—how uh, how much are they paying attention to polling on this? And do the Republicans think that they have enough strength out there in the country that they can do whatever they want, and it's not going to make a big difference?
4: Well, not all of these senators are known for their titanium spines, and right. I think that they are going to be somewhat concerned about what the public thinks uh, about the need to call. Witnesses. There's sort of nightly polling going on on all of this. The ones who I think are going to think a lot about it are the Republican senators who are running for reelection who are going to have a tough time. So Susan Collins, Cory Gardner, Tom Tillis, Martha McSally. Uh, they're they're probably uh, Susan. You know, they they're thinking good and hard about all of this. The rest, it's 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 hard to know.
2: John, I'm out of time. Always appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Great to be with you. Okay, John Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. For SRN News, I'm John
0: Scott. President Trump's impeachment defense has resumed in earnest in the U.S. Senate. Following a brief session on Saturday, the White House defense team challenging a lack of constitutional due process and fundamental fairness by the Democratic-led House impeachment inquiry. At least eight people have been killed in an explosive fire that consumed dozens of vessels docked at a marina along the Tennessee River in northern Alabama. Stocks finishing lower after China announced a sharp rise in cases of the new coronavirus. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and S M P each fell over 1.1% today, giving up a significant portion of their gains for the month of January. The Dow dropping 453 points today. The NASDAQ was off 175, and the S&P was down 51. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford.
3: SelectQuote found Jacob Forty, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? That's 1-800-880-7474.
0: Select Quote. We shop, you save.
3: Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company and other factors. Not available in all states.
0: She's listening all the time and getting smarter every day. When you want the conservative perspective on today's most pressing issues, Alexa has the answer. You just have to point her in the right direction by saying, Alexa, enable the Answer Pittsburgh skill. Now say, Alexa, play the Answer Pittsburgh to get your favorite conservative talk station without lifting a finger. Look, Ma, no hands. So, Alexa, what's your favorite station?
3: That's easy. AM 1250, the answer.
0: When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by
3: FEMA and the Ad Council.
2: Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently don't need maternity coverage call marley financial have pre-existing conditions call marley financial want just catastrophic or just accident you know the answer because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Online holiday shopping lets you find the perfect gift in just a few taps.
0: But it could also help expose your personal info, leaving you potentially vulnerable to identity thieves. Good thing there's LifeLock. If you have a problem with identity theft, they can work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft, but LifeLock gives you peace of mind this holiday season. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
3: On the inbound Fort Duquesne bridge, got an earlier accident, lower jack. It looks like it's cleared out there now. We do have delays also on the Parkway West. Inbound Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound also heavy around Green Tree Parkway East. Stacks up outbound Forbes Avenue to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound Edgewood-Swiss Vale to the Tunnel. Outbound 28 also heavy Veterans Bridge to 31st Street Bridge. And Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250. The answer. Weather. A few flurries tonight. Otherwise, mostly cloudy. Low twenty eight. Plenty of clouds tomorrow with a flurry high 35. Cloudy tomorrow night, low 22. Some sunshine for Wednesday, high 35. Wednesday night, a few clouds, low 20. Some sunshine on Thursday, high 39. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwolf Show on AM 1250. The Answer.
2: Well, from impeachment to drag queens, that's a big jump maybe, but it really isn't all that much of a jump in terms of importance because I think it's a sign of the differences in culture, and if the Democrats are in charge, it will mean that people who think drag queen story hours for the kids are a good idea, and the idea is spreading. Here's a sample of what the kiddies may be getting in a library near you.
3: Hi. My name is Miss B, and I am a drag queen, and this is Drag Queen Story Hour. Give it up for yourself. Yeah. This is the land of all, and everyone fits in here. Do you see that? They're being nice to the bullies. Does anyone know what a drag queen is? No. Any? Do you know what a drag queen is? A drag queen is a character you create to express your feminine side or any other side of yourself that you'd like to explore. I would like to be a superhero. Yeah, you could be a drag queen superhero. Yeah. Drag Queen Story Hour helps teach kids to accept themselves and let them know that it's okay to be themselves and to be who they are and, and to accept others.
2: Isn't that wonderful? Ugh. Ma- Mary Margaret Olihan wrote about the spread of this wonderful idea today at The Daily Caller. She joins us now, Mary Margaret, thanks for being here. Oh thanks for having me so uh oh i don 't know about you, but if I brought my son or any one of my if my son or daughter to something like that i I'd, I'd never stop throwing up if I had to watch it but uh, the headline of your piece is uh, how Drag Queen Story Hour expanded across America. That's a frightening thought. How widespread is the idea right now?
5: Well, you know, we thought this would be a really interesting piece to explore because you're right. It has, it really has just kind of exploded across America. What once was a niche event in 2015, all of a sudden we're hearing about this everywhere. I mean, you're hearing about protests going on in Adams Morgan in D.C., in San Diego, um, in Washington State. They're just, they're going on everywhere. So this has become um, almost normal, which is kind of shocking considering the kind of content that goes on there. I mean, you having biological men dressed in drag, reading books about gender theory to children, and their parents all bring them in. And these are kids aged three years old to eight years old. That's the target audience. And their parents bring them in and sit down with them and smile and laugh as biological men dressed in JAG, read to their children.
2: Yeah, uh, and and who started it?
5: Um, So it was started in uh, San Francisco, uh, a very flamboyant neighborhood there by a queer author named Michelle Teal, or Michelle T, sorry. And she had just had a baby, um, and she was frequently going to these library story hours, but she said they were really straight and they didn't include her queer family properly, so she wanted another avenue for her baby boy to be able to experience dry queen story hours. So she started that first one in 2015.
2: Uh, our, my producer, uh, producer Aaron, Aaron, E-R-I-N, is laughing in there at the, what you're saying. There. She can't believe it. It's just it's it's stunning to me. Uh, but so the target audience is three to eight years old. Um that seems like an interesting... I mean, what happens at 9, 10, 11, and 12? Are the drag queens no good, or what, how, how, is that, how does that work?
5: Well, from 3 to 8, those are some formative years. Those are years when um, children are they're, they're very young and they're still learning, and um, that's a time when you can introduce them to new concepts that when they're maybe 9 or 10, they wouldn't find normal. At 3 years old, you're going to accept whatever people tell you. So that's a very young and formative age when they're being taken to these dry queen story hours which which um, leads you to wonder why are they being shown such foreign concepts at such young ages it's probably because they want to, these people who are promoting the dry queen story hours and the dry queen themselves are looking to teach children to understand these things at a young age so that they'll grow up and be comfortable with them
2: and they're not reading goldilocks and the three bears of these kids are they
5: <laughs> no so here's two um, two titles that uh, drag queens read recently at a Drag Queen Story Hour in Ithaca, New York. Um, one of them was called The Prince and the Knight, and the other one called The Maiden and the Princess. And these are books created to explore gender through fantasy. So this is where a prince and a knight will fall in love, or a maiden and a princess will fall in love. And they're reading these stories to kids. And uh, on the Drag Queen Story Hour's website, they say... In spaces like this, kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions and imagine a world where people can present as they wish, where dress-up is real. So they're kind of combining these ideas of dress-up and drag and normalizing them and saying, look, this is normal. If you like to play dress-up, we like to play dress-up.
2: And here's the thing, uh, and we're talking uh, to Mary Margaret Olihan of um, of the Daily Caller who wrote this piece. You can check it out at the Daily Caller's website. Um, here 's a thing i 've been asking we 've had this discussion before here about the drag queens and it 's it 's just astonishing to me and here 's an answer a question that I have yet to find an answer to and uh, if you 're not too busy, maybe you could write a story about this because i 'm a little busy but um, i you just mentioned that, that that they these stories are to show the kids about the gender fluidity and that they can be whatever they want how come i I never see uh, examples of a woman who is as masculine as the drag queens are feminine performing in front of the kids you know a woman with a crew cut, maybe a little bit of a beard uh, swinging you know power tools, wearing combat boots. Uh, punching each other in the face. I don't know, something that would be, you know, show toxic masculinity. Why is it always a male dressed as a female? And uh, if, if they are really trying to show the kids that it doesn't matter and gender fluidity is wonderful.
5: You know, that's a great question, and you should probably ask the drag queens. I had no idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> but is it, is it a good question? I mean, seriously. I, I, they, they this they sell this as a, as a way to educate the kids about gender fluidity, and all they show are men dressed as women and acting like women and being uh, 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 overly effeminate.
5: Well, I think the concept of drag queen is that it, it is a feminine thing, but they're, that's the goal. But again, you would have to ask the yeah,
2: drag queens. Yeah, but there's not, not
5: the best so place
2: on that. Yeah, right. So you you haven't I understand that, but you, you haven't come across an organization that has women acting like men performing in front of kids. You haven't seen one of those anywhere yet, because I I'm not I I'm haven't like,
5: seen that. No, now, do no, you think, I'm not familiar with
2: that. What do you think the chances are that there's one of those out there? I'm you gonna,
5: know I couldn't say. I'm going to say
2: zero. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's to me. It's 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 a it's a good question because um, as a man um, who I, I I look at it like it's it's almost like it's a campaign that men are bad, women are good. If you're a boy imitating a girl is good because this whole boy thing and toxic masculinity and all that. Let's be more feminine, and so it's it's a one sided. Uh, it's not only a stupid approach, but the approach is completely one-sided and unfair.
5: You know, and I think that another aspect of it is that the, the femininity that the drag queens are seeking to embrace is actually being displayed in kind of garish makeup and colors and outfits. And um, and these are things that actually might scare children if they're not used to seeing such wild and colorful outfits. Right. Um, And, uh, there was actually a drag queen that came out last week and spoke out against drag queen story hours, and this drag queen said, these are innately sexual events. Children shouldn't be exposed to such sexual things. When a drag queen hour goes on for adults, it's very sexual and it's meant to be sexual. Uh So the drag queen was saying, why are we showing this to children? Like, this is not appropriate. Um, so even there, there's this whole culture of drag queens who recognize that this is not appropriate for children. Um, and they're calling out their 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 peers for exposing children to this sexual content in such a strange fashion.
2: And why do libraries think this is a good idea? I mean, could it be because nobody goes to the library anymore and this is one way to get people to show up? <laughs> I mean, I don't know who goes to a library anymore for what reason you would go, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, old people do, but anybody under the age of and I'm old, but anybody under the age of 60 who goes to a library
5: well, I think there's plenty of children's events that still play- take place at libraries, and so um, there still is a gathering place for children, but the American Library Association is actually back to the movement. They offer all kinds of resources yeah. to support libraries facing challenges, which is specifically they're trying to support libraries that are having backlash over these drag queen story hours, and they've promised to support and offer any kind of access to information <laughs> that they can to support these drag queen story hours because they say they're protecting free speech, and they're promoting um, the, share, uh, the free promotion of ideas and, and um, these ideas of gender fluidity and sexuality for young children.
2: Are, are schools bringing these drag queens, in, drag queens in without consulting the parents?
5: Um, that has been under discussion recently. There have been some cases where um, parents have found, to their horror and surprise, that a drag queen was invited into the school. Without parents' knowledge. Um, I'm actually looking into some stories of that nature right now, but um, I can't speak specifically to whether um, which specific schools did this without parents' permission, because in some cases um, a class will be alerted and yeah. the parents of the children in that class will be aware, but that does not mean that children walking down the hall their parents know that they're
2: just going to bump into a drag queen while they're on the way to math <laughs> well but see the other thing though uh, is if you know a three-year-old does a three-year-old is a three-year-old uh, smart enough uh and mature enough to see a man even if they're as ugly as these drag queens are that you <laughs> that are on the videos on your piece uh that don't that are they are they able to even know that it's supposed to be funny because they're actually men imitating women don't they just think it's a woman
5: um for a three-year-old they're just gonna they're gonna be very confused first of all yeah so they're gonna look around and wonder is that a man or is that a woman and they're gonna grow up with a very confused understanding of who that was and what that person's place in their life was um and that's going to be very confusing for them as a as a developing child so um, I'm not quite sure what gender the three-year-old will think that person is, but um, they're going to be left with some confused understanding.
2: Yeah, maybe the three-year-olds would be better off playing with blocks or, you know, the boys playing in the dirt with some trucks or something. I mean, I know that's a, yeah, that's you know, a wild concept. Whether
5: mom or dad could uh, read a book to them themselves, you know, at yeah, home. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, um, so where's this going? I mean, how, how, how far can it spread? Your, 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 the headline is that it's spreading across, uh, expanding across America. Um, what, how much bigger can it get? How much more mainstream?
5: Well, it could expand globally, and it already has begun to. I mean, Dry Story Hour has chapters in Tokyo, Japan, and I believe in Beijing.
3: Oh, good. And, um,
5: and it, so it is expanding globally, and on uh, the state level, this is something that um, that local communities kind of have to take care of themselves. So if this goes on in your your community and you're not okay with it, you need to speak up and out against it. Because um, if it if it expands to the level that the state needs to be dealing with it, then that is a serious problem, and that means that there are a heck of a lot of drag queen story hours going on. Um, wow! And you do see you see a lot of local protests going on, um, and the media will usually under underreport how many protesters go to these events. I mean I in my coverage I noticed that plenty of news outlets will will phrase the numbers of protesters as if there were ten people there and then you find footage and pictures and there's maybe fifty protesters there. So there's a there's a decided effort to minimize the outrage over these events and kind of help them to grow um uh, which I find very interesting.
2: So it's it's almost like a crusade. It's part of the gender, uh, the transgender movement. Uh, um,
5: there are some. There are definitely pro-family organizations that would say that. I mean, I spoke to several pro-family organizations that said this is a concerted effort to sexualize children. Um, and I can't speak to how much of a movement there is and how much of um, what unifying force is behind this, but it does seem to have a strong desire to to, um, familiarize children with sexual concepts at a young age, and that is definitely concerning.
2: Well, I'm out of time, Mary Margaret, but I just want to promise you that if I come across a, I don't know what you would call it, if it's not, what's what's the the opposite of a drag queen? I don't know. But whatever it is, if we find a, an hour in a library where it's women looking like men and acting like men, I'll send it along to you, but I, I, I have a feeling that ain't it, it ain't out there anywhere. <laughs>
5: let me know. <laughs> All right, I'll,
2: I'll let you know. Maybe Maybe you can do an investigation. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
5: All right, thanks for having me. All
2: right, thank you. That's Mary Margaret O'Lahan and we'll be right back. Beep. Roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com.
0: policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. texting and rules for recurring automated marketing text messages message and data rates may apply hi i'm tom from kane 11 and i have one question for you what size socks are you wearing right now if you're like everyone else i've asked you simply don't know how could you that's because until now socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot but not at cane 11 we make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17 that's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Cane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Cane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Cane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. Two two four six eight ten. Text socks. 224-6810.
3: I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, if you know, if you remember last week, we spent a little time talking about uh, Merrill Hodge's book and the fact that, uh, well, actually, we started talking about a Washington Post column uh, by uh, Will Hobson, I believe his name is, uh, which really trashed uh, Bennett Omalu, the, the doctor who is... Been given credit for starting the CTE hysteria that's out there uh, from concussions and, and causing lots of things to be changed in football with the amount of hitting allowed in practice and kids not playing football out of fear of it. And um, I wrote a column about it at thetriblive dot com uh, yesterday, uh, talking about the Hobson column and also saying that Merrill Hodge deserved an apology because his book uh, called "Brainwashed." It was about how it was bad, the CTE scare was based on bad science. So today, uh, and it was the, um, the, uh, the book was co written with Dr. Peter Cummings. And so today, I got an email from Dr. Peter Cummings. I just read your piece regarding the book Brainwash that I wrote with Merrill Hodge. Uh, it was a very well-stated article with many great points. All we are doing is asking questions as two fathers. It may interest you to know that Christine Brennan, who uh, did not read the book, in my column I quoted Christine Brennan, who absolutely, completely trashed Merrill Hodge's book, uh, and Meryl Hodges and Dr. Cummings' book, and he says she didn't read it. She refused to, he says. We offered to stop the interview and get her a copy and have a follow-up interview. After she read it, she declined. I don't begrudge anyone who is honestly reporting on an issue, but to write a story about a book you didn't read and refused to read? That's just unethical in my book. The USA Today also refused to print the response, Merrill and I wrote, I do take one issue with what you wrote. Uh, I I wrote, and he quotes me, it might also be time for lots of people to apologize to Merrill Hodge. That was the last line of my column. He writes, "Uh, I would, and, and Dr. Cummings. He would have preferred and Dr. Cummings. Thank you again for an honest and insightful article. He later wrote me another email. Uh, which uh, talked about how, why they are, they have a big problem with a lot of the research. And he talked about the brains of players being invest, uh, examined in four or five different places by scientists like him, Dr. Cummings, and no CTE being found. But then when it's sent to Boston University, where all this stuff began, they somehow find CTE. He says he's just asking why that happens. I just got an email from him a little bit ago. He's agreed to be on the show tomorrow, Dr. Cummings, or, or Merrill. I hope to have on the show tomorrow at 5.30. So stay tuned, and I'll talk to Yins then. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.